Hi, this is Jim Quick, and I have a quick update for you. I'm proud to announce my very first book, Limitless. Upgrade your brain, learn anything faster, and unlock your exceptional life. This book is not only based on the latest neuroscience, it is field tested for over 28 years of working with some of the most amazing minds on our planet. Just go to LimitlessBook.com and enjoy this book. Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. our next guest. This man is also extraordinary and he has graced our stages multiple times. We do a, a quick learning. Many of you follow us at Quick Learning, which is our company. Uh, not only do we have programs in 195 countries, we publish podcasts I'm extremely proud of. I know many of you listen to it. He's been on our show multiple times also as well. He's the New York Times bestselling author of numerous, numerous books. What I want to talk to him today and we bring him on right now, Mr. Stephen Kotler, are these two amazing books, two of my favorite books. And so this is actually The Future is Faster Than You Think, his brand new book with our dear friend, Peter Diamandis. And I'm gonna talk about Stealing Fire and Rise of Superman. And we are gonna to talk to right now, the master of flow, uh, Stephen Kotler. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Hey, Jim, it's good to see you. Dude. Hey, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for taking some of your time and sharing some of your talent here over the next 20 minutes. We have a lot of love here for your work. I've geeked out over the science of flow. And I want to talk about flow with regards. Um, you, I feature you in our, in our section on, there's three sections of the book, mindset, motivation, and methods. And, uh, and flow states, how does that relate to, to becoming limitless, to learn skill acquisition, to showing up the best version of yourself. Why don't, why don't we define really quickly for people who are watching who are brand new to this concept, what flow is actually? Scientifically, flow is defined as an optimal state of consciousness, one where we feel our best and we perform best. And it refers to any of those moments of rapt attention, total absorption, when you get fo so focused on whatever it is that you're doing that everything else just seems to disappear. Sense of self gets really quiet, time passes strangely, and uh, throughout all aspects of performance, both mental and physical, go through the roof. So that's flow in a nutshell. Uh, psychologists define it uh, slightly differently. They, they look at six core characteristics, and uh, the work we do at the Flow Research Collective, where we look at the neurobiology and the physiology and things like that, the list of like what causes flow and how scientists now define flow is getting very long. And, and flow is this, what, what people call uh, like the zone, right? Yeah, the, the synonyms are sort of, sort of wherever. I always, I always remind people when scientists want to colonize territory, they rename something. So flow has been in the 20th century, it's peak experience, runner's high, the zone, as you pointed out, being unconscious if you play basketball, it's uh, the pocket. If you're a beatnik jazz musician, it goes on and on. Yeah, so how can we apply flow? There's a science to flow and there's a process. 
if people want, what, in terms of skill acquisition, you know, we're talking about becoming limitless and limitless for me is perfect. Limitless is about progressing and advancing beyond what people believe is possible currently. And so how does flow state relate to things like motivation? How do the two concepts relate, motivation and flow? Uh, I, at this point, I don't think it's even possible to have a discussion about motivation without talking about flow. Um, motivation, when psychologists use the term motivation, they actually mean three things. And we've talked about this before, drive, grit, and goals. Um, drive refers to kind of all of your intrinsic motivators, passion, purpose, curiosity, uh, autonomy, mastery. Uh, those are really big intensive drivers and flow is the biggest of all. And flow is sort of what happens when you get all of your other intrinsic drivers lined up correctly. So when all your motivations are pointing in the same direction, flow is one of the results. And simply because uh, flow uh, follows focus and all of these different intrinsic motivators, whether it's our drive for mastery or drive for autonomy or whatever it is, they just marshal our attention. So when we've got them all lined up, attention is dialed in, it's really focused on the present moment, and that is sort of the gateway into flow. Mm. So how would somebody who's watching this right now, who wants to be able to utilize this tactically, how would they, I mean, somebody's right now, Gigi's asking, can we stay in a flow state forever? No, not at all. Uh, in fact, Gigi, uh, but once a month, somebody comes up to me and says, hey, uh, Stephen, I live in flow, you should study me. And this used to happen and I used to, I would never know what to do. And then I just started telling the truth. So now when people ask me that question, I just tell them the truth. Or when they come up and they say, I live in flow, I'm always in a flow state. I said, you know, we have a word for that. We call that schizophrenia. So no, you don't get to live in flow. It's a four stage cycle. You have to move through all stages of the cycle. And you, stages meaning there's changes in your brain, there's changes in your body in each stage. And you have to move through all four to get back to flow flows one of the stages on the front end there's a struggle phase before the flow state then there's a release phase where you sort of let go of the struggle then the flow state itself on the back end there's a recovery phase and there's strategies and tactics for each okay so let's let, let, let's just go can we, can we go through a summary of that let's talk about the struggle phase so do you need flow does it require some kind of challenge well that's so they call that intersection the flow channel so flow states have triggers, preconditions that lead to more flow. It's about 22 in total. All of them drive attention to the present moment. That's, I mean, they do a bunch of different things neurobiologically, but the result is they drive attention to the present moment, which is what drives flow. It can only show up in the here and now. The most important is this challenge skills balance. We pay the most attention to the present when the challenge of the task or at hand slightly exceeds our skill set. As I said, you want to stretch but not snap. So that's right there. And that's how do you search for it? Emotionally, you know, right? You know what boredom feels like, you know what anxiety feels like. You wanna basically push yourself till you're a little bit anxious. A little bit of anxious, that's norepinephrine, predominantly producing that. That's great, especially for your cause, because when you have a little, not a lot, but a little norepinephrine in your brain, it primes it for learning. So not only are you sort of targeting this sweet spot, but you're priming the brain to retain the information later, right? You're pushing on your skills and the brain is noticing. It's saying, oh, wow, you're pushing on your skills. Let's remember this for later so you can learn this. 
No, that's beautiful. We actually design, uh, many people here are part of our reading programs or our 30 day reading or memory programs. And what we're always doing is we're stretching people, um, but they, we don't want them to snap either, but we're right. them and be there. Now the, talk about the recovery phase. So we know what. Yeah. On the back end, it's a great point, Jim. And so two things are, two things are, are important about recovery. Let's just say flow is a very neurobiologically, physiologically expensive state to produce. It, it, even though it feels great, and this is part of the, people don't realize you need to recover on the back end sometimes because flow feels so good, you're all, you don't get it. So a couple things to know. One, anything you learn in flow, if you really want it to lock it into memory, of course, you need deep delta wave sleep because that's how we move things from short-term memory into long-term memory, as I'm sure most of the people listening know. Right, so the deep delta wave sleep is key, but so is an active recovery protocol. So passive recovery, that is TV and a beer, and either of those things, by the way, alcohol or television actually block recovery. There's a whole bunch of reasons we don't have to go into the science of it, but they will block recovery. Those are the two tools we reach for the most frequently are actually disasters here. Active recovery tend, you know, infrared saunas, Epsom salt baths, massage, just some stretching, some yoga. You don't want to go crazy, but some yoga, mindfulness, respiration exercises. Those are all active recovery strategies. And one of the things that uh, we don't have data on this yet, but at the collective, we are poking at this and it's starting to accumulate. It seems, and it's going to be a while before we can prove this for sure that the combination of, if you can access flow on a regular basis, make sure you sleep seven to eight hours a night as much as you possibly can and have an active recovery protocol in place, it's very hard to burn out. Mm. Miss one of those things and you start having problems, but get them all in place and you're, you're really cooking for a while. Well, I love it because when you outline this process, it becomes predictable. In terms of uh, timing, is there, is, there, is there an approximate time people are, you know, in terms of the, the challenge and the release, are there a certain amount of time in each phase? Or so there? there isn't, though we know, and we don't flow, some flow states can last for a couple of days. If you've ever taken part in a startup, right? As you're moving towards launch, right? Every time, work it's it feels like it's, it's an instant group flow state right for like the two months leading up to launch or something like that so you can have those experiences but as general flow lasts about 90 minutes this should not surprise anybody the brain is essentially built around 90 to 110 minute long cycles right we always say with flow it's really important to start your day complete concentration matters for flow obviously and the research shows you should sort of start your day with nine to 110 minutes of complete concentration because we sleep in 90 minute cycles. That's the REM cycle. Wake cycles are the same, right? So we're built to sort of focus for these periods of time. So you want to at least, if you're going to kind of go through the struggle phase and, and do that, you want to at least put 90 to 120 minutes in of uninterrupted concentration with a, a recovery protocol. I think it depends on how deep your flow state is, but I just, I try to do some form of active recovery four times a week, five times a week, um, mostly um, is, is sort of how I think about it. Uh, I don't really skimp on that. And, um, and I never, I, I try very hard not to screw up on sleep because it's, 
it just caught, it just screws, it screws up recovery and it also screws up struggle. What, what about when people are doing skill acquisition, because that's the theme of this conversation that we're having today in today's lessons. Um, when they, in the beginning, describe what, what relative to flow in the beginning and then when people plateau. I, yeah, I think, that, so there's a couple of things. So one, flow is this huge neurochemical dump. How does learning and memory work? The more neurochemicals that show up during experience, the better chance that will experience moves from short-term holding into long-term storage. So flow is a massive spike in learning, 250 to 500%, depending on whose numbers you go by. Very, very big spike. We remember stuff that happens to us in flow. So one, if you're talking about accelerated learning, you have to, flow has got to be part of that conversation because it is how we're wired. Um, I think the other thing that, that you always have to point out with learning because people forget this so often, um, including myself, learning you're bad until you're good, right? You're bad until you're not. And that's just how it is because you're, everything is taking place at an unconscious level. So again, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And for some people, for example, personally, I don't mind being bad at stuff. I hate being bad at stuff in public. Right. The school was the biggest block to learning for me because I would go to a classroom, my peers, and I don't want to look stupid in front of people. And like school got in the way of learning because of that. You know what I mean? You got to figure out what conditions work for you. We're all different on that that front. But the biology is ultimately the same and, and kind of flows at the center of it. Amazing. And just the last question, when people do pl plateau in an area. Uh, of, of, of growth in, in, let's say they were learning salsa, or they want learning Spanish, or they're learning speed reading, and they've gotten to a certain level of skill, and then they keep on doing the same things, but they're not getting maybe that result. What would you say to that person? Yeah, it's, it, plateaus are really interesting in, in, in learning. And um, what we have found is, and I don't know if this is true across the boards, but if you can stay in that sweet spot between challenge and skills, the number we like to put around it, uh, it's a back of the envelope calculation. It's not a real number, but it's helpful to think about is that when the challenge is 4% greater than your skill set, that's your sweet spot. And what we found is, and we've done research on this, not enough to say this is for sure or anything else, but in our work, people who can target that sweet spot don't seem to plateau. So if you're plateauing, first thing I'd look at is the challenge too hard, is the challenge too little, right? Second thing I would look at is are, if the skills ahead of you are too big and right, that's what's in the way, you wanna chunk them down or lateralize. Lateralization is a, it's a great learning technique. It's a really good technique for flow because of this balance between fear and anxiety. I'll give you a simple example that's in Rise of Superman. So we tell the, I tell the story of Ian Walsh. He's the first guy who figured out how to surf waves, paddle into waves that are over 65 feet tall. And he, what he figured is, uh, is really tricky, and I won't go into it, but basically he figured out he was going to actually spend a lot of time on the bottom of the ocean along the way. Like he's going to take horrific falls, waves are going to land on him. And the problem was he couldn't hold his breath for very long. So he lateralized. He went to freehold breath diving camp for two weeks, massively expanded his lung capability, then went back into the waves, 
the challenge was no, it was no longer, anxiety was down, right? It was no longer so scary. He found a way to chunk it by lateralizing and that will massively amplify it. So if you've plateaued, it's probably a challenge skills issue. And one of the two are out of whack. And look at that. And if the next challenge is too great, if it's really standing in your way, figure out how to chunk it down or lateralize. Sorry, I went two, three minutes over my time. It's all amazing, amazing. I want everybody, if you got value out of this conversation with Stephen Codler, you can listen to, you can search my name and Stephen Codler. You'll be able to see the episodes that we've had in the past. I recommend all of Stephen's books, uh, you know, including if you want to know more about flow, this. You have Stealing Fire, Rise of Superman, uh, recent uh, books with, uh, you wrote this trilogy of books with our, our friend uh, Peter Diamandis, Abundance, Bold, and uh, the most recent in the trilogy, um, which is amazing here. The future is faster than you think. And uh, so post a screenshot of this, tag Stephen in it, and uh, maybe share the four phases again of flokes people were asking you have the struggle, you have the release, you have flow itself. <clears throat> struggle, release, flow, recovery. Amazing. Oh. All right, Stephen, thank you so much for taking some of your time and talent to sharing with uh, us here and our Limitless team, Team Limitless. Through your pleasure, career. Jim. Be good. Congratulations on Limitless, by the way. Yeah, thank you, my friend. Good job. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, one more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag Quick Brain, K-W-I-K Brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think.